How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. Today, we're discussing Oswaldo Cabrera. Is his role on this team cemented? Can he make this team at all? Honestly, right now, I'm not so sure. Coming off a pretty down season uh, with the Yankees, obviously, he was sent back to the minor leagues a couple of times. But he's a good super utility option. can play outfield, can play infield. You know, good defensive player at multiple spots. But his offensive game has a lot to be desired. And ultimately, we ask ourselves... What value does he have to this club right now? If you look at, you know, the fact we bring in Trent Grisham, obviously going to be that fourth outfielder. You still have Stanton. Infield, you have Peraza, who seems to be kind of graduating into this utility role. Where does Oswaldo Cabrera make an impact? Does he just sit there and wait for an opportunity? Or do the Yankees have him in AAA and then call him up when need be? Uh, Ryan, we're going to discuss this today, obviously, but definitely want to get your thoughts down below in the YouTube comment section. Obviously, Cabrera is kind of an interesting player who... The upside is there. We've seen it, but he hasn't been able to put it all together yet. So, Ryan, before we dive into the good stuff, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great. And look, this time last year, we were talking about Oswaldo Cabrera as one of the you know next upcoming pieces of this Yankee core, right? Like he had a 113 WRC plus in 2022, 1.5 F4, excellent defender at a myriad of positions, was a good defender at shortstop, good defender at second base, good defender at third base, corner outfields. Obviously, everybody remembers in right field, he was just throwing people out for fun. Like it was like every other day, he'd throw somebody out at second or at home plate. Um, we know that the defensive tools are good, but that's always been a thing that he's done well. Left field isn't his spot. Like, he's just not a left field. Like, left field's a tough position to play anyways. He wasn't terrible out there. He was just below average. He's still a great defensive infielder. Um, you know, the tools there are excellent. He's shown the ability to play some first base. But the issue with him has been the bat, right? Like, that's the thing everybody's focused on. That was the big regression from 2022. Went from, again, a 113 WRC plus hitter to a 60 WRC plus hitter. You go from, hey, this is a guy that you want hitting 6th or 7th in your lineup every day to you don't want this guy ever seeing the plate. And, you know, it's concerning. It is, for sure. Like, you know, we, we see him just completely change his offensive profile. He had a 50% fly ball rate in 2022, 47.2% in AAA. Uh, he was a big fly ball hitter. That was always his profile. It was always his game. That was what he did really well. And in 2023, the ground ball rate increases. The fly ball rate drops. The line drive rate drops. The sweet spot rate drops. Everything just gets considerably worse. The power drops. Um, you know, Alex, a big thing for him is going to be going out there in 2024 and trying to put the ball in the air again. I know that people don't want to hear this. People don't want to hear me say a young player should go out and, you know, try to add more loft in the swing or pull the ball more because, you know, that's typically seen as things that, you know, don't come with maturity or whatever, like maturity is hitting the ball the other way or, or increasing your contact rates or whatever it may be. Um, but we're talking about a modern game in which, you know, there these like kind of what we used to think uh, made a good hitter isn't necessarily what makes a good hitter today. He's not the type of guy to have extremely high exit velocities. He needs to pull the ball in the air. If he doesn't pull the ball in the air, he's not going to be a very good hitter. I was reading this uh, you know, article on Fangraphs by Ben Clemens. It was talking about Isak Paredes on the Rays, who he's a guy who had a really big year this past year. Also doesn't have great exit VLOs, um, but something he did really well was pull a lot of his fly balls in that 95 mile per hour to 100 mile per hour range in terms of exit velocity. They'll still qualify as hard hit balls, but the difference in WOBA is, in, in OPS, excuse me, is staggering. You have a sub 300 OPS uh, when you hit the ball the other way in the air at 94, 95 to 100 miles per hour. But an OPS of well over like 1,200 when you pull the ball in the air at those at that velocity range. So, you know, when we're looking at Oswaldo Cabrera here, right, and we see that fly ball rate go down. We see the pull fly ball rate go down. And we see that his exit velocities, you know, he doesn't get to those upper percentiles. He's maxed out at around 107 to 108 miles an hour. Alex, it's important for this guy to pull the ball in the air, and he just did it this past season. Look, I'm not sitting here and saying that Oswaldo Cabrera has got to go out and try to, you know, pull everything. But he doesn't have the raw power to try to, you know 
just hit a ball 110 miles an hour the other way. You know who can do that? Aaron Judge. You know, John Carl Stanton, even, even with his regression over the last few years. Um, you know, some prospects who can do that, right? You think Spencer Jones, right? Spencer Jones can hit a ball, you know, in his sleep, 112 miles an hour, right? That's not as well the Cabrera. He's a smaller guy, smaller frame. That's something he's going to have to work on. Um, you know, I know that the Yankees at the minor league level have done a really good job at that. I was watching this video by Lance Brodkowski uh, on, uh, he works with Marquee Sports, which is the Cubs network. Really smart guy talking and breaking down the minor league organizations. And he talked about the Yankees. Mentioned they do a really good job with exit velos, really good job at swing decisions, all that stuff. You know, I think Cabrera working with the minor leagues a little bit this past season could at least help restore his confidence. Maybe he starts the year out in AAA. Maybe he has to build his way back up to that role. Who knows? I wouldn't be shocked to see the Yankees kind of do like a Marwin Gonzalez type signing, find a guy to bring in to compete with him in opening, uh, uh, you know, for opening day. You mentioned Oswald Peraza as well. He's also going to be a guy who's going to factor into this equation. He gives you, you know, a guy who can play short, second, and third. That's kind of what Cabrera does for you in the infield. And then, of course, you mentioned Grisham as well. He plays all three outfield spots and he's a gold glove caliber defender. Like, look, I don't mean to like overplay Trent Grisham's value here, but he is a starting caliber center fielder. This is a guy who's like very similar to what Kevin Kiermaier was going to be for the Yankees if we did sign him and he's their fourth outfielder. So it's not like Cabrera's spot on this team is guaranteed. I think that, you know, the Yankees are in a good spot to give him time to actually develop. We saw last year, they couldn't just keep him in AAA develop. They had to keep calling him up, right? Like they had to say, oh, we lost the guy. We have to call up Cabrera. That's no longer the case. You know, Jorbit Vivas is another guy in the organization who can play some infield. Um, you know, they have options, certainly, to go to, to allow Cabrera to get some time in AAA if need be. And if he shows up and shows out in spring training, I'm sure the Yankees would love to put him on the major league roster. But, you know, Alex, this is a big year for him, right? Like, I don't know if his minor league option situation um, necessarily subsides this year. I think he has about two years left with minor league options. Um, but if he doesn't start turning it around, he'll go from a guy that we viewed as, again, like a part of this team for the long term to a guy that the Yankees are going to just have, you know, go to a different organization, do a minor league deal or whatever, and kind of fade away to relevancy. Yeah, look, right now, Oswaldo Cabrera, this is a turning point in his career. As you kind of referenced, his ground ball rate skyrocketed. His fly ball rate dropped, and it was pretty drastic um, to give you the exact numbers. Look, this it's really bad, guys. I mean, you're looking at a ground ball percentage that increased from 28.2% in his first year in 2022 to 45% last year, and then his fly ball rate de decreased nearly 11%. That's problematic, right? Because you're seeing now he's not hitting. And, and by the way, his launch angle decreased um, significantly to 13.4 degrees, which I think it was down about 10 degrees, something like that, close to 10 degrees. And look, he's not elevating the ball. He's hitting the ball on the ground. You're talking about more double plays, more weak contact, more easy outs, not getting on base, lower batting averages, lower slugging rates. This is a player that literally like looked like a shell of himself last season. And I think a, a lack of confidence had a lot to do with it. But the truth is simple. Um, if he doesn't start hitting the ball harder, if he doesn't start elevating the ball more, he's going to be a player that never really cracks this roster. Right now, he has a chance, right? In spring training, the Yankees will give him that fair opportunity to say, dude, get in there, hit the ball well, get on base, Use your switch hitting bat and play great defense. That is your value to this team. If you only play great defense and you can't hit, your value is basically 75% of what it was. Because you can find many players that play good defense. I mean, for goodness sake, IKF played good defense at multiple spots last year. You know, Cabrera, I think, is a little bit better um, defensively, but... Truth is, the Yankees need more offense, uh, not liabilities. So, you know, looking at what he really needs to do, there's not much room for him to make to mess up right now. You know what I mean? He does his margin for not being on this team 
is slim, is really slim. Like, he could easily be left off this active roster and end up in AAA. The, the problem is, uh, Ryan, he has no he has no real trade value, right? Like, Oswaldo Cabrera, like, maybe someone would take a really small, like, low investment gamble on him to become something as a nice super utility man. But his trade value is basically nothing. Um, and, and right now, it really boils down to his offensive qualities. The, the problem, I think, is he's, a, he's overly aggressive and he doesn't hit the ball hard enough. His battle rate, dropped by about 100% last year, right? I think it was 6.5%. It was around 6.5% and dropped to about 3.5%. So I guess it dropped 50%. But, you know, regardless, this is a player who, you know, you expect with more experience would get better. What do you think he needs to do to even make this team? We know he's a good defensive player, but, like, in spring training, what does he got to do? Because, like, right now I'm looking at Peraza as the infield utility guy, and I'm looking at Grisham as the number four outfielder, and then you have Stanton too. Um, right now... Do you think it's actually better for him to be in AAA getting at bats every day? Because he's not going to play, you know, for the Yankees next year unless there's injuries. Yeah, so the way I'm going to look at this is, you know, the Yankees have options, right? Like the Yankees can kind of figure it out as spring training goes along and as guys get hurt and as guys slump and as different things happen. Third base is a huge question mark. Like I, I think LeMahieu is a solid major league player. He's kind of almost like, you would argue he's kind of like painfully average, right? Like you kind of wish you could have more there, but end of the day, you're not going to be upset if he gives you like, you know, good defense and like a 100 WRC plus. That's certainly playable. Um, but, you know, looking at the rest of the, the third base depth chart, Peraza, question mark, uh, Jorbit Vivas, question mark, and Cabrera can play third, question mark, right? So, and again, LeMahieu's injury history, like even if we're talking, like removing the conversation of he's going to get older, at some point, he's going to regress and no longer be a quality major league player. Will that be next year? That's already one question. Then, you know, remember in 2021 and 2022, he missed the postseason both of those years due to injury. So that's two more, you know, questions you have to ask, right? Like, is he going to be healthy for the Yankees uh, come October? Are they going to need somebody to fill in at third base? Can he survive the full season? Who knows, right? Like, those are questions you obviously have to ask with a guy who's entering, I believe, his age 36 season. So I think it's in July he turns 36. It's an older guy, right? So, you know, um, looking at this roster, looking at their base, not that there are going to be reps that are guaranteed for Cabrera, but there are going to be, you know, there's definitely lanes for him to end up playing for the team. It depends on how well he plays. It depends on how many guys get hurt, all that stuff. But it's nice to have options, right? It's nice to say we don't have to just, you know, throw out Cabrera in left field on opening day. Or, you know, it, you have options. Like, that's really the big thing here. You mentioned Stanton as well. You know, John Carl Stanton, we, we've talked about him as like, hey, he's got to put it together this year or the Yankees have to cut bait, right? Like, they, they can't keep, you know, they can't have another year like last year where they have the DH spot clogged up, especially with Soto and Judge there, where you have a guy in Soto who can actually be a DH for you every day because the bat is really that good. And the glove is pretty suspect but you know you have a guy in Trent Grisham who again I, I'm gonna say this time and time again this is a starting caliber center fielder right and then a starting caliber center fielder who can you know keep Aaron Judge away from center field if you know the, the situation calls for it I'm not saying Aaron Judge can't play center field he's looked pretty good out there like we've seen him make some pretty sick plays he has a great arm good range great athlete you know smart guy knows how to you know make routes and everything like that but you're obviously concerned about how his body's going to hold up, you know, over the course of 162 playing center field. So, you know, end of the day, there are a lot of lanes for the Yankees to do different things in the position player side of things. Um, you know, there are a lot of lanes for the Yankees to try different, you know, infield, outfield combinations and just kind of figure out what works and what sticks. I know that people don't like the idea of the Yankees mixing up their lineups, but guess what? That's what they're going to have to do this year um, because they don't know who their leadoff hitter is and we're not going to know, right? 
they don't know if Judge is better ahead of Soto or if Soto's better ahead of Judge or whatever it may be. They don't know how good Stan's going to be next year. If Stan's really good, are you going to hit him sixth all year? Like, that doesn't make sense. You have to move him up the order. You know, if Glaber, if he looks more like he did in the second half, are you going to hit him third, right? Rizzo, if he has a big year, like, where are you going to hit him? Uh, Verdugo, based on how well he plays, where are you going to hit him? Like, you know, I don't know. I know that people, again, they don't want to hear this. I, I know that this is something that, you know, people have kind of complained about for years where it's like the Yankees don't have consistent lineups. No team has consistent lineups. That's baseball nowadays. You know, there's more leeway for managers to, you know, mix things up, which is pretty ironic considering that people think that, like, you know, the the manager doesn't have any control over lineups. I can tell you that managers definitely have control over the lineups. You know, front offices try to stay away from that for a reason. They could send suggestions. They could be like, hey, we think you should lead off Juan Soto. But if Aaron Boone goes, no, I'm not going to then he's not going to lead off, right? Um, and they're going to try different things. Maybe they do try leading off Soto. Like, I, I I, mean, I don't know about you, Alex, but there are like three or four guys in this roster I look at and say, are they going to lead off next year? Like, how many times we see them lead off next year? Um, and then, you know, kind of circling back to Cabrera here, the, the amount of question marks on this team is good and bad for Cabrera. Good in the sense that it means that there are going to be opportunities that could open up for him. Bad in the sense that it means that there are a lot of, uh, you know, other guys who could break out and eat into his playing time. So, you know, will Peraza step up? If he steps up, I mean, imagine if he's like a 105 WRC plus hitter next year with great defense. He's your everyday third baseman. He's a solution there. Maybe he's your everyday second baseman if Glaber leaves in for agency. Who knows, right? But those are situations where like, Cabrera's gonna have to outplay people and he's not necessarily in the spot to as you mentioned get a lot of play appearances to do so it'll be an interesting year for him like this is a weird year for him this is a unique situation he's kind of got to fight his way back into the roster but I think that's a that, that's a sign of good roster construction if a player like him has to fight his way back not just into the starting lineup but also the 26-man roster exactly you know this is you don't want guys like Oswaldo Cabrera to be starting because it means you have a severe lack of talent in your roster um, which is exactly what happened last year he was competing with Aaron Hicks for the starting left field position and he played a lot of games um think like over 110 games he played last season so you know you're looking at a guy like it's actually good that he's in this spot because it means we have a lot more talent um this roster is going to look a lot different in 2024 which is a very good thing uh but guys always happy to hear perspectives down below do you think Oswaldo Cabrera is going to make this team right now I'm sure i think it's like kind of like a 30 percent chance he does 70 percent chance he doesn't that's kind of where i'm sitting i think he ends up in triple a getting every day at bats and if there's injuries they need him he'll get called up uh, but always happy to hear your thoughts down below make sure to like and subscribe and we'll catch you guys on the next fireside yankees episode